What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Borger Sports Podcast. <laughs> Why are you laughing, man? This is episode 15. Kano's laughing at me already. I'm just excited to be back. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Man, I had a fantastic Thanksgiving. That's good. It's just food, football, yeah. friends, sleep. I had, I had two Thanksgivings, but it was amazing. Yeah. Too many Thanksgivings. That's awesome. Yeah. Hot like take, but Thanksgiving food is overrated. You're out of your mind. I would yeah. eat turkey every single day. Mm. It's an underrated bird. Okay. I'll just say that. Anyway. Yeah, I'll just say that. Anyway, uh, thank you to the official sponsor of the Border Sports Podcast, Plumley Real Estate Group. Plumley Real Estate Group is brokered by Keller Williams of Amarillo. All right. Need a lot of a lot of sports going on, man. Man, I got it's sport just, overload. It's the best time of year right now. Got dude. to watch some great games. Did you watch some good games? Oh, yeah, dude. Watched tons of college football this weekend. Watched NFL football. Mm-hmm. Watched a lot of basketball. I was just sports out this last week, week yeah. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, which I have a question for you. Okay, shoot. Um, I love questions. As a friend. Okay. Uh, what happened to the Bills? <laughs> Are we talking about last night? We're talking about like the last several weeks. Well, <laughs> you know, there there are um, good times in life. There's bad times in life. Mm-hmm. I happened to watch the end of the Eagles game last night while sitting in Applebee's eating my riblets platter. And, <laughs> you know, I just thought to myself, like, these referees, they must be Eagles fans, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 penalties in the first half? Come on. Who does that? Fly, Eagles, fly. Oh, my god! I'm not even an Eagles fan. I don't know. I just like giving you a hard time. They're a good team. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But the Bills let them come back over and over and over again mm-hmm. to become the Eagles of what they were supposed to be because mm-hmm. we don't know how to put things away properly. It's the defense, right? It seems like the defense just can't get stops. Oh, well, it's not just that. It's... I haven't. The, I honestly haven't watched the Bills game. The just, offense flutters. Yeah. You know, Josh Allen does some great things, and then there's other times that it mm-hmm. does not look good. And so it's just you make turnovers, you make ridiculous penalties. It, it's just it, we're a 500 team right now, mm-hmm. and so be it. I'm sorry. It's it's okay. It happens. Mm-hmm. You win some, you lose some. You do. I'm a good sport. See, mm-hmm. I've matured in my age. I'm a good sport now. Mm-hmm. I can just take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit more verbal abuse here. <laughs> okay. On Saturday. Ah, okay. The Arizona Wildcats. Oh, here we go. Your Wildcats. Beat the Arizona State Sun Devils. They spanked them, man. It was bad. It was a beat down. It was ugly. It was a beat down. It was ugly. Anyway, I just wanted to say I'm sorry. Hey, it's fine. I, I got it. I know you were pulling for ASU. Well, of course. Yeah. Jalen Conyers, Groover, mm-hmm. Texas Panhandle Royalty. Mm-hmm. Playing in the wildcat position as a quarterback because that's what they got. And he hasn't played there since he was like a sophomore in high school. Dude, he should be their quarterback. I'm 6'4", 270. Teach that boy to throw. And <laughs> I, 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 did, I, did he, did he, he didn't try to throw in the ASU game, did he? I don't remember seeing him make a pass. He did it the game before. I did can't he? remember if he threw any passes. What's, what is he this game. year? He's like, I don't no, know. No, is he a sophomore? What? Oh, he's a junior. He's a junior? Yeah. Okay. So we got to have we got to have dinner with his parents uh-huh. on Friday okay. because Groover was here playing a playoff game against sure. Clarendon. So we went to the the steakhouse and uh-huh. and we got to have some dinner and stuff like that. And okay, you know, Jalen's just telling his parents they got to Facetime for a second. He's just like, I have no business playing quarterback. <laughs> I don't know, man. He looked like the best ASU quarterback on the field. <laughs> hey, it's either between him or Scatabo, a running back or a tight end. Yeah, pick your poison. Well, if you teach him how to throw some like. 15-yard passes, anything within 15 yards. And Dylan Nam has some, some potential. Stuff, do some he running, does, man. but it, it's just, it has been an abysmal season. I feel for the kid. Yeah. He's struggling through it. A, well, ASU, I, people, this is not an ASU sports podcast, but ASU has had an awful athletic director that they just finally got rid of. Mm-hmm. So they haven't been able to fundraise and do stuff for NIL. Sure. And Kenny Dillingham has not been able to, to recruit, I mean, it's only his first season anyway. It's only his first season. So I think I think they got rid of that uh, athletic director. Sure. I think they're already saying ASU's been bringing in more uh, more money from their donors 
to support NIL stuff. So, you know, oh, things good. might turn around this year for uh, ASU. This offseason might be able to get recruit, but hopefully, you know. It'll be so interesting to see some of these teams, you know, kind of, and you're talking about this right now, but 12. it's like, we're talking about the end of the Pac-12, the end of an era of some of these rivalries. It breaks my heart, honestly. Like, it is going to be so strange, but at the same time, okay, so for someone like you who's a West Coast guy, mm-hmm. you've lived by these rivalries and these games. Mm-hmm. For someone that's me, yeah. that now I have an interest in saying like, oh, I want this team to play this team. I want this team to play this team. To me, it's kind of like combining the WCW and the WWF. Like, now you get some <laughs> matchups that you've never seen before. I'm just glad that Arizona and ASU are both coming to the Big 12. I agree. So we can still have those rivalry Those rivalry games aren't going anywhere. We're no. still getting those. They're important. Uh, I think that's important. You know, there's other teams that are splitting up where they aren't going to, like, like OU and OSU. Like, sure. They're not, they're not having that anymore. No, Bedlam's over. Yeah, Bedlam's over, man. So... How do they do that? Oh, that's going to be so weird for those students. It is. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I hate it. I for them. I hate it. Uh, but anyway, we got a lot a lot of Borger sports to talk about. We do have a lot of Borger sports, and yeah. I'm excited to talk about some of this stuff. And we got a special guest. We have a special guest, guest after our break later in on the in the studio show. today. Head basketball coach Mark Laird will be in the studio talking with us about his program, how he got here, mm-hmm. and what you can expect from Bulldog basketball this year. Yeah. Excited about that. So it's going to be great. All right. Well, let's go down to the rundown. You want to break the down wrestling rundown. for us? Let's talk about some wrestling. All so right. I got the wrestling roster here for the season. I'm going to go through some of these names. This is what you can expect this year from our wrestling program. Currently on the girls' side, 17 girls out for wrestling. We are fitting an entire team this year. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, and I think I mentioned this last time. Our girls have been invited to the state duels. Only eight teams in Class 4A get invited to the state duels, and we are one of those teams. And so in January— What's the invitation based on? Program. Program. Program quality. Program competitiveness. Okay, good. And if you're one of the top eight selected— you get to go so face a, so the other seven best we in got the state it means, and see means we're doing good what you things. Like. Oh, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. And wrestling is a hotbed in the panhandle. If you're not familiar with it, mm-hmm. you, it you, these programs here drive the state tournament every single year. In every division, you're going to see panhandle guys represented. And so it, it's a uh, – people don't realize that about this area. It is a competitive Place to play. And I don't know if it's just because we're in between like an Oklahoma, which is a big wrestling state, Colorado, mm-hmm. New Mexico, Kansas, and the Panhandle is kind of in between all these areas. So it becomes a big hotbed for wrestling. It's, yeah. it's really, really cool. And our program is a program on the rise. So let me go over some of these names. This year on the girls' side, you'll be able to see Gianna Aragon, Zadie Barclay, Lila Breelove, Grace Cave, Ryan Cave, Ariana Chavez, and Brianna Chavez, Samantha Chavez. Maddie Estrada, Mindy Johnson, Breely Nail, Lily Ramos, Loyola Sanchez, Nicole Soldavia, Joanna Stevens, the younger sister of Julia Stevens, and Katie Wise. And then on the girls' side, we got about 30 guys out right now. So going over some of these names, and some of these names you'll remember. Mm-hmm. Tyler Brooks mm-hmm. coming back out for wrestling. Josh Broom. Juan Carmona, Victor Cervantes, Blake Clausen, Elias Diaz, Maddox Durbin, Dominic Esparza, Bradley Garcia, Marcelo Gayton, uh, Melchizedek Henninger, Lincoln Honaker, Josh Johnson, J.D. Keeney, Maverick Lopez, hey. Aaron Mai, Santiago Moreno, Ashton Mitchell, Amare Munoz, Hayden Phillips, Hunter Renault, Gustavo Robles, Isaac Romero, Ryland Smith, Camden Weber, Andrew Welch, Zane Wicker, Sean Wilson, D- Dylan Yankee, and Ryan Yankee. All right. And Mr. Henninger, I probably mispronounced your name. I'll need to get you. It's Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Yeah, it's a Bible name, man. I I wasn't an expert in Old Testament studies. Yeah, go back and read uh, the Old Testament a little bit. Which one? Go read the Old Testament. Okay. Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Now, yeah. this isn't the actual Melchizedek. No, but that's the name in here. It's, that's how you say I was it. Say it's old. See, yeah, Melchizedek was like a like a priest before the priests, like old school and like the 
Never mind. Anyway, please send all your emails of Old Testament questions to Michael. <laughs> he will answer them every Burger week. Sportspod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, this last weekend, uh, the teams went to West Plains for a try meet. The, on the boys' side, they did end up losing to West Plains, and they tied with Pampa. And the girls' teams uh, fell to West Plains, but did beat Pampa. And so, right. not a bad starting performance there. And we got some great news in wrestling. Our own Julia Stevens has formally committed to Baker University to join the Wildcats All Women's right. Wrestling Program. Congrats, yeah. Julia. Congratulations. Absolutely. Um, and moving on now to girls basketball. Here is the varsity lineup for this season. We're going to start with our one senior. This is our leader for the year, Michaela Horst. A great girl, super sharp. Great personality. She'll be a great leader for us. All right. Followed by three juniors on the team, Reality Briscoe, Adrea Loftus, and Emily Bridges. And then we have some sophomores on here, Jordan Pettit, Callie Garcia, Princess Reyes, one of the best names in the biz, Aspen Wysong, and then the lone freshman is Addison Bridges this year for the varsity. And so the head coach is Gene Ivey, and his assistant coaches are Jan Reed and Leslie Young. This is Coach Ivey's second year as the head coach, coming off of basically a 500-win season, but coming up a little bit short in district play last year, going 4-9 and nine and getting sixth place, so just missing the playoffs. Okay. Um, right before, uh, right during the Christmas break, they beat a scrappy Toya Laney Hornets team, 59-37. And then last Tuesday, they did lose to the Dalhart Lady Wolves, 55-42. to Currently, the Lady Bulldogs are 3-2. and All right. And moving on now to boys basketball, down 49-34 to with three minutes left in the game against Spearman. The guys fought back hard, made a comeback, and just fell short, losing 53-47. to but I've already had lots of compliments on the way the boys have played, and it's going to be one of those lights-out, fast, fun-moving teams. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm looking forward to talking with Coach Laird more about that here in yeah, a little bit. Yeah, If you like basketball, man, make sure you get out there and watch some of these basketball games this year, these high school basketball games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, I got some updates on, on uh, Frank Phillips basketball. Catch us up. Yeah, so... Uh, you and I were there, man, on we the 14th. Did. This feels like forever ago I now. Know it does. But uh, we haven't had a podcast in a while since we took a break for Thanksgiving. Yeah. But on Tuesday, November 14th, the Plainsmen lost here at home to Garden City College, 82 to 52. Uh, it was a big loss. Uh, Garden City, man, we were at the game. They were flying around the court, man. They've yeah. gotten a couple really big guys. Uh, they've got this guard, number 55, I don't remember his name, short white dude. I can say that because I'm a short white dude. Uh, <laughs> man, he was flying around. He was, dude. He he was good. Yeah. He was good. Uh, anyway, the stat leaders for the Plainsmen, uh, uh, wing Benny Kazadi with 18 points and eight rebounds, and guard Anthony Walters, he had two assists. Um, <clears throat> really being at that game, we've got some other games we're going to talk about. I don't have all the st- stats and breakdowns for those. I just did, I didn't go to those games. And, sure. Uh, the stats weren't weren't ready, readily available like they have been recently, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Sure. But uh, shooting, the man, they just they lost the shooting battle. Dude, they, they had a lot of shots yeah. that they just, they just couldn't hit. Um, yeah, I mean, they only shot 32% from the field. Uh, Garden City shot 50%. Um, and they only shot, you know, the Plainsmen only shot 50% from free throw. Uh, they also lost on the boards 43 to 23. Yeah. So, and it's going to be hard to win games that way. Absolutely. When, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just so so like my takeaway from looking at the team just just shot. I'm not gonna like go into all the drama of the team, but you know they lost a lot of players right before the season started. Sure. Coaching change, um, and had that happening right before the season, you could kind of tell they just don't look cohesive. Oh yeah. Um, so they need. It looks like they need to move the ball more. Uh, seemed like when the ball would couple couple guys when they would get the ball, it seemed like the, the ball movement stopped, mm-hmm. um, and. And they just missed a lot of open looks, I felt like. Yeah. Kind of sloppy, uh, throwing the ball away. And you got to box out on those rebounds. Oh, yeah. You got to yeah. fight for those boards. Physically, Garden City just looked, you know, like they were going to have an advantage. Oh, yeah. Um, they 
were big. They were, they were big. strong. They were big. You could strong. tell they were they were a, a good team, and, and they we were played aggressive. well. And especially in the first half, we played well with them. We just missed opportunities to be able to take advantage of mistakes that they made, mm-hmm. or to really uh, take advantage of those open shots, like you said, and being aggressive, and uh, just fell short. Yeah. Yeah, a couple more games to update you on. On Friday, the 17th, they lost to Trinidad State College, 71-63. to Another loss on the 18th, the next day, to Otero College, 71-65. to And then uh, last weekend, on Friday, the 24th, they lost to Ranger College here uh, at home in the Plainsmen Thanksgiving uh, tournament that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost to Ranger College 80-73, to but they won on the 25th on Saturday against Strength and Motion Academy, 73-62. to So uh, the record currently right now is they're 3-7 and seven on the season. Where is Strength and Motion Academy? I do not know. That's an interesting kind of thing. I think it's like specifically like a basketball kind of academy. Kind is of it? Thing. Okay. I looked it up. I'm just weary now. If you haven't uh-huh. seen the documentary on HBO about Bishop Sycamore mm-hmm. and it becoming a, you know, like a fake high school team that ended up playing a, you know, IMG Academy on ESPN. And then it was around, it wasn't even a real school. Right. Now I'm kind of like, I see these things. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> that sounds shady. Yeah. I don't know. That's don't in know. an old mall somewhere. Maybe we can uh, start another, like a true crime podcast. Hey, where we investigate Strength in Motion Academy to see I if it's like legit it. or not. We'll go undercover. I don't want to make any false accusations or anything. <laughs> they might be totally up and on. If we have a fan from Strength in Motion, we totally lost them. Yeah. Like our one fan from there was gone. Yeah. We're in trouble now. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, on the other hand, the FPC Lady Plainsmen uh, on the 14th, they won against Northwest Kansas Tech 82 to 69. And then they won on the 17th at Trinidad State College 82 to 57. And then they won on the 18th against Air Force Prep, 80 to 58. Uh, so, man, Frank Phillips' women's team—they're they're on a hot streak right now. They've been winning. They've been scoring lots of points. Uh, they're fun to watch too. I've been catching the end of their games. So I kind of come in the watch the end of their game while I'm getting ready to watch the men's game, dude. They're fun. They're, they're scoring. <laughs> Why are you winning. only catching the end of theirs? What? Uh, I don't know. I just <laughs> I haven't showed up. Early enough. You're not getting there early. My enough. family likes to go and usually, yeah, sure. usually like they're not it's ready. It's hard to, to set for two games. Yeah. Like it really is. I'm mm-hmm. sure Amy, by the time it's all said and done, she's finished her popcorn, she's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she is ready to go. Anyway, uh let's before we do the come up. Well, let me tell you something before we even do that. Okay. I just want to brag a little bit here okay. on my husband's skills. So my wife had her birthday in November. Okay. I had this bright idea. Mm-hmm. That I wanted to make her a reef for her door. We're, you know, we're we're getting a new house and stuff like that. And I wanted to get her a mm-hmm. reef for her door. And I just got completely overwhelmed. But I made a call. You did. That I thought about you. Okay. And I made a call to Gina All over right. at Late Bloomers. Yeah. And she hooked a brother up. Did she? It was awesome. That's awesome. And I got great points. Dude, awesome. I'm telling you what, man. Way to go. May I have to cover a call too because Sarah's birthday's coming up in a couple yeah. weeks here. Yeah. Give him a call. Speaking of late bloomers, tell us about it. Uh, are you feeling overwhelmed <laughs> by the holiday rush? Late Bloomers is here for you. The late bloomers elves are ready to come deck the halls of your home this holiday season. Let them do their festive magic while you're at work or out shopping and come home to your winter wonderland. The best part is they can use your own decorations or you can provide them with a theme and they will bring new decorations and decorate your home with them. Tasha and Gina would love to decorate your home or office. Just give them a call at 806-886-4912. Late Bloomers can also help you with your holiday shopping. Late Bloomers not only creates beautiful flower arrangements and table centerpieces, they also specialize in making custom gift baskets for men, women, and children for all occasions. They can even create a one-of-a-kind gift basket for your favorite teacher. Late Blooms will also be offering gift wrapping all season long. Late Bloomers will also be open this Friday evening for downtown Christmas. So go check them out. Make sure you check them out at 530 Main Street here in Borger. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 530 and on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Ladies, thank you for your continued business and want to encourage everyone to support our Borger hometown businesses and shop local this holiday season. 
So man, I'm glad I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you gave Gina a call. Because last week you were in the doghouse. Right? I was. Yeah. But I'm out. You're out now. That's and good. And it feels so good to be out. That's good. Glad you're out. All right. Coming up. We Let's got talk about what's up. coming up on the come up. So in wrestling action, they will be traveling to Randall for the Randall Ruckus this upcoming weekend. And that's going to be a two-day tournament on Friday and Saturday. Dude, that just want to say that's an awesome name for a tournament. The Randall Ruckus. Said so it's at 8 a.m.? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Dude, the Randall Ruckus. Dude, that is... The Randall Ruckus. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I love the name of that tournament. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right. We're going to go get after it there. On girls basketball, they're going to be traveling down south to La Mesa for a round-robin tournament this weekend, so we'll wish them the best of luck. Mm-hmm. And in boys basketball, um, by the time we listen to this podcast, we have already played Plainview, and then this upcoming weekend, we will be going to Nazareth, a well-documented basketball place and playing our tournament over there and at home against the Panhandle Panthers on Tuesday, December the 5th. Yeah. Frank Phillips men's basketball coming up on Wednesday, the 29th, uh, which is tonight, the day this podcast airs. They will be at Lamar College at 8 p.m. on Friday, the 1st, December 1st. They'll be back home against North Idaho College at 6.30 p.m. And then on Saturday, the 2nd, they'll be at Casper College at 5 p.m., uh, then after that game, they're going to be on break. It looks like there's no, unless there's a couple games maybe they haven't scheduled yet or something, it looks like they're on break based on their schedule until January 8th. They'll be at home against uh, Wayland Baptist. I think that's Wayland Baptist's developmental team. Oh, there you go. Okay. So uh, as far as the ladies go, the Lady Plainsmen, they also play on the 27th uh, at Wayland Baptist. Uh, on Tuesday, the 28th, they'll be at home versus Trinidad State College. On Friday the 1st, they'll be at Redlands Community College. And Saturday, December 2nd, they'll be at Western Oklahoma State College. A lot of good basketball coming up. Yep, lots of it. All All right, right. well, after the commercial break, we're going to be speaking with first-year basketball head coach, not first in his year, but first to us here in Borger, Mark Laird. So please stick around. We would like to thank the Plumlee Real Estate Group. Plumlee Real Estate Group is the official sponsor of the Borger Sports Podcast. Are you looking to sell your current home or property or on the hunt for your dream home? Look no further than Plumlee Real Estate Group. Plumlee Real Estate Group is your trusted partner in finding the perfect property for you and your family or selling your current home in the competitive real estate market. Plumlee Real Estate Group's agents, Jodina Plumlee, Lindsey Vinson, and Mike Reese understand that buying or selling a home is a significant decision and they are here to make the process as smooth and stress-free as possible. Plumlee Real Estate Group's team of dedicated and knowledgeable agents will guide you every step of the way from listing your home or browsing listings to closing the deal. Join the many satisfied homeowners and sellers who have worked with Plumlee Real Estate Group. Contact Plumlee Real Estate Group online today at plumleegroup.kw.com to schedule a consultation. Plumley Real Estate Group is brokered by Keller Williams of Amarillo. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back from the break. We are here with Borger High School's men's basketball coach, Coach Laird. What's up? How are you? We're so glad to have you here. Mark Laird in the studio. What's yeah. going on, Coach? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, we're, we're out there grinding. I appreciate you coming in. So we are now in basketball season. We are in full round ball mode and uh, wanted to bring you on the show and and kind of just talk a little bit about you and have you tell us a little bit about you and your education, your experience. So let's let's start off there, man. If this is a first time listener, someone who's never gotten to meet Coach Laird yet, just seen you on the sidelines at a football game or, you know, at church or at school, who's Mark Laird? How did... How did he get here to Borger, Texas? That was a long road, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a long road. I, we don't have time to go into all of it, but um, yeah, as far as the coaching side of it, I've I've coached. Man, I was telling uh, I was telling him earlier. I, I I've coached just about every level of basketball there is to coach. Um, I think this is my twenty second year of coaching, and um, I started my career actually as a high school assistant coach. My first three years, I worked for a guy named Randy Walker. He's still a coach in Arizona. Oh, wow. And uh, one of the best coaches, I say, I've say i said this for 20 years. He's one of the best coaches that you'll never 
hear his name. Hmm. It's a really good dude. I, he's my coaching mentor, man. I thank God that our paths crossed. Whew, it was a week before 9-11 so oh, wow. when we first met. And uh, anyhow, yeah, so he he's won three state championships at two different levels of high school basketball in Arizona. And uh, we've stayed in contact over the years. I still call him for advice. Shoot, I'm, he's one of the first people I called when I got this job. Like, yeah. man, uh, how, how do you do this? Like, I, I've never been a head coach at a high school level. How do you do this? Mm-hmm. I've been a head coach at a college level, but sure. it's, it's different. So anyhow, yeah. So I've I've coached Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA. Um, the majority of my career, 15 years would be NAIA and Division Two. Sure. And so... Yeah, so that's kind of the very, very short version of the basketball side of things, how I wound up here. Um, I had a friend who uh, knew that Borger was looking for a new coach, and uh, he had uh, some connections with Coach Hamrick, mm-hmm. and he put in a good word for me. We had a phone call, and uh, you know, my first phone call with Coach Hamrick, I just was like, yeah, this, I, I like this guy. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, he's... He's about what I'm about. So, okay, this is interesting. And it was just boom, boom, boom. And yeah, so what, six days later, I was here for an interview and met you and that's right. The rest is history, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And we are so glad that you're here. I mean, just the the immediate impact that we have already seen with you, not just, you know, on the field, but in the classroom and, and, you know, getting to work with kids and being around. It's just been, it's been really great so far. Really enjoyed working with you. I appreciate it. Thanks. So what's been the biggest transition? Because you're coming just from the collegiate level straight to high school right now um, with your last position. What's been the biggest difference or transition for you now working with those kids that you were recruiting at one time and you're trying to mold them into that kid that you recruited once? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's two things. That's a good question. I think it's two things. One is, you know... um, I've spent the last, whatever, 18 years recruiting. It's a big part of what you do as a college coach. A, I mean, you do it. You know, there's an old saying, my first college job, the head coach used to have this plaque on his office wall, and it said, recruiting is like shaving. If you don't do it every day, you look like a bum. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and I haven't shaved in who knows how long now. But anyhow, um, so you're always recruiting. You're always trying to find the next kid that's, you know, hey, we've got to get this kid. And, you know, as a high school coach, you don't recruit. You're not allowed to. It's against UIL rules. You know? Sure. I mean, people do it, but you know, yeah. not me. But, you know, that's why developing the younger kids is so important. And so mm-hmm. the week before we started practice, it was like three, three and a half weeks ago, I went to the middle school here and I met with the seventh graders first thing in the morning. It was like their first day of practice, a basketball practice. They just finished football. And I said, I told all of them, you are the most important players in my program, mm. seventh graders. And they're all looking at me wide eyed. And I was like, I'm dead serious. Like, because you guys have six years to get better, to learn our culture, to learn yeah. our style, to learn our terminology and how we want to do things and that sense of urgency we want to play. And so, and I, I've let the, my varsity kids know this. I've told them this openly, you know, and then I met with the eighth graders the next day and I said, I told the seventh graders, you're my most important players in my program. You guys, eighth graders, are my first recruiting class because mm. you're the ones I'm looking at. Okay, which there's 34 of you sitting here. I ain't gonna be 34 of you on the mm-hmm. freshman team next year. So which sure. ones do I need to really try to develop? And like I'm watching this year. You yeah. know, we have our first home game with the middle school this Thursday. So I'm I'm gonna be there. You know, I want to see what you know how they are. And I've got one of my coaches that I hired is is basically you know serving as my head coach for the middle school program. He also mm-hmm. works with the varsity. Noah Walker. Yeah. And you know he's eager. He's a young kid. Like he he wants to learn and. So, you know, I've met with all the middle school coaches. We've met together as a staff. Like, here's some of the terminology. Here's some of our philosophy. Obviously, they're not going to do the same things we do. But sure. So, anyhow, one of the biggest changes to answer your question is learning. I have to develop, not recruit, and mm-hmm. that takes time. It just takes time. That's all. I mean, it takes years to mm-hmm. develop. But you look at good programs. You know, I always use the example of text line. I know Coach Beckner well. He's a really good dude. I mean, they're really good. They're yeah. 1A. Yeah. 
their entire school is K through 12 is 150 kids or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, but they're a machine. Their basketball program is a machine. Sure. And that's because, you know, he works with them from the time they're sixth grade or seventh grade. They're like they get to the high school, they know, they know their primary break. They know their secondary break. They know their lanes and other rotations defensively, their terminology. You don't have to teach it. And so right now I have to teach an entire district how I want to play. Sure. And so yeah. that's going to, that it's a lot of work, you know, yeah. but, but you know, it's what has to be done if we want to be good. Sure. And so the second thing, so you asked, what's the biggest difference? First thing is, you know, I'm not a recruiter. I'm a developer now. So that's a big shift for me. And the second thing would be, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It makes me sound lazy, but there's all kinds of things that pop up every day that I had no idea. Like I'm responsible to, to make sure it's getting done. Sure. Yeah. I, I never had to do that before. <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. I yeah. never had to know like, wait a second, who's taking our stats? Wait, I have to, I have to make sure the officials are here. Yeah. You know, whatever, like a white. Who put in that bus request? Where's the bus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, who, who's recording this game? Like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. You know, oh, is the floor getting swept? It's like, it's not an ego thing. You just, I haven't dealt with that in years. Sure. I used to, I've done all of it as an assistant. And, but as a head coach the last four years, because I've only been a head coach five of my 21 years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm used to serving. I just, job's got to get done. Let's, let's do it. But the last four years, five years, six years of my career, I haven't dealt with any of that stuff. Sure. Like, I show up and I, I know somebody's filming and we got a manager that does this, and I don't have to explain it. They know how, yeah. you know. So mm -hmm. that's kind of just, okay, we're starting from scratch. Like, oh, I, have to, I have to know what has to be done first and then learn how to delegate. And, you know, and I've got, you know, four assistants, and, you know, they're all great guys, and they're, they're, they're there to serve. So it's just, you know, stumbling into those things. Delegating, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. like a head coach and a general manager all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. running the whole entire yeah. shebang. And a guidance counselor and a travel <laughs> coordinator. And, <laughs> yeah. Dietitian, buying them pizza. Yeah. That's all we <laughs> pizza. Custodian. Yeah. Whole deal. yeah, just don't have Faith Covenant Church uh, feed your team before a game. <laughs> well, we might have to do that. <laughs> Heavy burgers. We I only said that because we fed the football team and before oh, the yeah. game. We gave yeah. them cheeseburgers. They were it was great. Like, I had one of those. Oh, okay. it was like chicken and rice. What the heck? Yeah, that's what I said. Chicken. I thought it yeah. smelled fantastic. <laughs> I said, we were we were finishing up. I said, cook them chicken, rice, and some veggies, man. Get them something healthy. Give them some good fuel for the game. Nah, they, we were sitting up in the booth, and I was like, it. "This is why we're slow the first half. We came out the second half. We had to wait till they digest." Those uh, <laughs> burgers were great. I, I, I love okay, them. Okay. <laughs> So, Coach, you're uh, getting to know you now a little bit. It's been really interesting. You're a little bit of a renaissance man. Hmm. You know, they kind of, uh, uh, you know, your your typical basketball coach, maybe um, they think basketball 187 days during the school year, and then they think about it all summer long, and they watch basketball, and they love basketball. And I'm sure you're, that's a huge passion for you. Hmm. But, like, there's other sides about you that people may not know. Like, we were just talking earlier before the show, and you you got your degree in – Biblical theology, you know what I'm saying? And you're very well-versed in politics and very well-spoken and you teach speech and and all these things. So where does this passion for learning and education come from in you? Uh, that's a good question. My, my, um, my parents, uh, I was blessed. I had, um, in fact, I shared this with my team just last week. You know, I think the most blessed people in the world are those who have a mother and a father who are married, who love each other, love God, and love their kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you have that, you're more privileged than most people in the world. Mm -hmm. And I had that. And so, and and my parents, you know, my parenting is, you know, you do the best you can with what you have, basically. <laughs> and, you know... Um, my, my dad was a, was a different kind of a person. He's a very different person. And he was, a, he was an inquisitive person and loved God was, was passionate about, you know, his family and his faith. And, and so that, you know, framed a lot of how we grew up. My mom was a school teacher. My mom's story is actually pretty amazing. When I tell it to people, I actually shared it briefly uh, during our our training at the beginning of the year, sure. our new, new teacher orientation, I shared her story very briefly. And, um, and when I say it out loud, I'm like, wow, that is pretty amazing. <laughs> but, you know, my mom was in, in education for 30 years. Mm. And so, you know, 
when you have a teacher for a mom, you don't get away with a lot. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. And so, um, they're checking grades. Oh yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go outside and play. Where was your homework? Yeah, I did already. Let me see it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, okay, we're going to go through this. Sure. And if you just, you know, did this halfway, we're going to have a problem. You know, it's like, man, I got away with nothing. I would get slapped if I said, I ain't got no pencils. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't have any pencils. Yeah. Like, everything was... Anyhow, I, so I was blessed to have a great family coming up. My older brother was somebody that I idolized, and he was he's a smart guy. You know, mm -hmm. He still is. I still look up to him. He's two years older than me, but back then it felt like he was 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I always was like trying to compete to be as smart and as talented and athletic as my older brother, you know. And I had my mom's parents, my grandfather on that side was also just a really interesting guy. Like he, was a, he was a cerebral dude towards the end of his life. And, um, was also um, just learned a lot over the course of a, his life. And I just was always interested. He passed away when I was right before I turned 11, but he was a big influence. And so anyhow, I had a great, I was blessed to have the upbringing that I did. And so there was always this learning is, is intriguing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a hassle. It's not, you know, a drag. Learning is like, it's powerful. And sure. I, it's, mm -hmm. I've always had that in my life. I've always had influences in my life that were like that. So sure. I was not like the jock, you know, in high school. I was not the best at anything, really. And, but, you know, I, so I, I mean, yeah, my undergraduate degree is in biblical theology. My master's degree is in communication theory. And, mm -hmm. you know, God willing, someday I'd like to get a PhD. I've always, I've always had that as a goal. Yeah. You know, and I know I'm, I'm getting old, but. You know, that would be, that would be awesome. You know, my, my late stepfather, my father passed away when I was 20 years old. Okay. My mom remarried a few years later and he passed away just, uh, they had been, they were married 15 years, I think. Okay. And so my, my, my mom, my mom lost two husbands, both suddenly. And both were awesome people. I mean, yeah. My stepfather, I got to know him and loved him. And he was a very intelligent man too. He went back, got his PhD at 60. Oh, uh, wow. And he was in education as well. He was a teacher at a university and, you know, he, he did, he had a really interesting life. But anyhow, that was another influence in my life for about 15 years in my twenties sure. and thirties, which, you know, was just learning is just a part of it, you know, growing, you're constantly growing, you know? And so sure. anyhow, yeah, I have a lot of different interests and I love basketball. I love it because of what I think it can do, um, you know, as a, as a way to grow young men, you know, sure. which is the whole reason why I do this. And it's, you know, when it's done in a, in a, in a way with excellence, it's a lot of fun to be a part of it. Oh yeah, sure. And so when it's not, it's frustrating, but you know, so anyhow, I, I don't know if that answers your question exactly. Oh yeah. It just comes from a lot of different ways. Well, areas. it's hard because with basketball, it's, it's like, it, it's a lot like a faith journey. You're trying to create this perfect harmony, this jazz-like dance mm -hmm. in an imperfect world where you're you're trying to combine everyone's thought process, how they handle, how they dribble, how do they deal with stress, how do they do this? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it, it's trying to create perfect harmony in chaos. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I tell my guys, in fact, I just told them as we finished practice a little while ago this afternoon, I, you know, I have this, you know, unscientific approach that I take to the world where, you know, I say something around 85% of our lives is completely out of our control. You're not, you don't control where you're born, what color your skin is, what your DNA, your, your ethnic background, how tall you are, you know, your genetics, mm -hmm. your, you know, body mass index. <laughs> you know, you don't, well, to a certain degree, you don't yeah. control some of that you do. But <laughs> I was going mean, to say, I just messed that up with some cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say Thanksgiving didn't help me with yeah. that. But. <laughs> but I mean, in general, a lot of those things, you know, genetically, you have what you have. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you don't control when someone gets cancer and passes away. You don't control when there's a natural disaster that wipes out of town, you know, sure. 50 mm -hmm. miles from here, whatever. You know, you don't control the drunk driver. You don't, 85% of our lives is out of our control. And you have to learn how to be okay with that. And I think not just be okay, but like, what are you going to do in response to that? And that's why I always tell my guys, like the 15% that you can do something about, man, you better put whatever you think, everything you have into that. Mm. Because mm. 
that's it. That's all you have. Basketball's sure. easy. Like, we don't control the refs. We don't know what we're playing Plainview tomorrow night. We don't know how their practices have been. We don't know if their guys are all healthy. We don't know what they're planning to do to try to stop us, like vice versa. They know. You, so you got to control what you can control. And, you know, I think there is a certain level of freedom in that because it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to do anything about this challenges that are coming for me other than make myself strong enough so that I can withstand it. Sure. And maybe even make myself strong enough so that I can be somebody that other people can rely on when those things start happening. And so, you know, that's, that's the central message that, you know, kind of is just, I was raised with, you know, it just resonates yeah. with me. Like life's hard and there's no way around it. Life is hard. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's it. Don't run from it. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Life is hard. Mm -hmm. And the people who, you know, make the most of this life are the ones that embrace that and know like, okay, yeah, life's hard, but I'm just going to make myself the best version I can. And, you know, and people do that different ways, but obviously, you know, for me, my faith's the most important thing in the world to me. So yeah. that's where my strength comes from, you know, sure. mm -hmm. that's what I'm aiming at. And so anyhow, you know, that's, uh, that's a lot of what I'm trying to do. I think I forgot your question. No, I think you answered it perfectly. Right <laughs> yeah, there. Absolutely. And we, you know, you and I have had some great conversations and really gotten to speak. And, and one thing I've noticed about you is, is you speak at depth about your faith. And so I think it's very evident how important that is to you. Um, does that drive your, uh, like your decision-making, your thought process, your planning when you're going into a season with young men that you're trying to create and mold into these basketball players, yeah. but not just basketball players, into young men yeah. one day that are going to go out and become husbands and, uh, you know, lead families one day. Right. So is that is that faith part of the drive, part of what you use when you're going through this process? Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It frames all of it. I mean, it's in the entirety of why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I frame it in a way, you know, I, I tell my players openly, my faith is the most important thing in the world to me. And then, you know, my wife and my family is second. <laughs> but that's the, everything that I've, you know, all the mistakes I've made, all the things that I've experienced, all the things I'm trying to learn how to still do, trying to be a better man, this influences the decisions I make as a coach and how, the things I want to value and things I want to, you know, stress. And I tell them, like, there's there's different ways you can coach and be successful. Mm -hmm. And I have dear, dear friends of mine in coaching who do things very differently than I do. Sure. And I love them to death. Sure. I don't want to do it that way. <clears throat> but, you know, so there's a, and there's a different ways you could do it and be successful. It's not just one way where you, where you, you know, there's not what more than one way to skin a cat. Is it? Sure. You know? Yeah. I've seen coaches that have completely different styles of offense and defense that, that win. And mm -hmm. so that's not the point. I have to choose what fits me. And so this, this style of offense and defense, they have to fit me and then they have to fit each other. Sure. If you're going to be good on the basketball court. And so, you know, I tell my guys all the time, you know, that's, this is just, it's, it's who I am. You know, I, I grew up, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a blue-collar town, you know? So yeah. the moment I saw a burger, I was like, well, yeah, I get that. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. You, know? you drive in and kind of the smells and the yeah. the scenes are kind of like, oh, yeah, that looks familiar. Yeah, so I mean, but that 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 work ethic, you know, that's just, again, that's part of where I'm from and how I was raised and the family I was in. So that's, that's just built into who I am. And, and so for me, you know, trying to teach these kids, you, you have to learn how to be a better man. Like, if, if you get done playing for me, and you, we win games and you're a great player and you get recruited and you're able to go to college somewhere, whatever, but you're not a better young man that I will have failed you as a coach. Mm. Like, you know, uh, and that's, you know, we have a culture, I call it our uncommon culture. We talk about, you know, we have a mission, vision, core values, and we kind of unpack that together and talk through it. And what does that mean? And what are we trying to accomplish? And, um, you know, all of it is, is, influenced by my faith, all of it is, you know, there's biblical concepts weaved all the way through it. Yeah. I may not be quoting scripture then. Sure. It's, you know, it's, it's there in the foundation of what we're trying to do. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, you talked a little bit about your philosophies 
on the court. So let, let's go back to that a little bit here. Yeah. If if Michael Williams is a first time <laughs> bulldog watcher and he's never been there before because he only watches the Suns and that's the only people he ever watches. <laughs> Phoenix that's not Sun. true. <laughs> oh yeah, the Wildcats too. Yeah, the Wildcats and the Suns. But let's say he goes to a Burger Bulldog game. What's he going to see from a coach layered coach team? Like, what's your philosophies on offense and defense and and kind of where did you get those from? What influenced you to kind of go those routes? Yeah, well, I mean, you as a coach, you always hope they look like what you want them to look like. <laughs> but, you know, that's why we practice. So, yeah. um, no, I, I think even even last week, our first game, I was, I was pleased with a lot of what we did, even though we didn't win the game. And um, I had, I had uh, more than anything, I want them to display who we are. What is our character? What is our culture? And I had, shoot, I had multiple people that reached out to me and told me, you know, that was like, I really appreciated watching that. Like I could tell they, they were getting after it. And, you know, I had, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to name names. But there's, there's a few people that mentioned to me, like, you know, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't enjoyed going to basketball games at Borger for a while. Sure. And that's, that was, I enjoyed that. You know, yeah. and we didn't win. Yeah. Which, so, and I told my guys like it means a lot to me. Even the even the opposing coach was just commented on like, man, I can see a difference in the in the in the group, and you know, it's not all the same players or anything like that. But sure. you know, just in general. So, anyhow, you know, philosophy defensively, I want to be like high pressure, get after it, ninety four feet, just all game long and apply as much pressure as possible. You know, my guys know, if you were to ask them, I don't know if they would have the exact terminology yet, but they'd be pretty close. Like what's the number one priority on our defense? And they'll tell you ball pressure, Mm. ball pressure, ball Mm. pressure before anything else. And then, you know, being in the right positions off the ball and rotating to help and all that kind of stuff. We want to try to create scoring opportunities out of our defense. And so that takes a lot of work and you got to be in phenomenal shape. Sure. If we can get there, it's going to be fun. And I told, I can't, you know, I've told these guys, I've told the parents, told the booster club, if we can get there, you know, by January or February, it's fun to watch, it's fun to play, and it's fun to coach. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's, it takes a lot of work. It takes a tremendous amount of work. And I play a lot of guys. Like, I don't play my top seven or eight guys. Like, yeah. we're going to play. The goal is 10 to 12 guys every game because I rotate three or four subs in all the time, sometimes five. Yeah. Because I want to apply pressure constantly. And mm-hmm, if you're sure. really moving at that, you know, that level of intensity, you're going to use all your gas, you know, pretty quickly. Sure. But anyhow, I want to couple that with a transition, you know, style offense. We are four fundamentals on the court, which is not different than a lot of people, but it's, you know, I like to have a name for everything. And so you don't have to guess, but we're defend, rebound, transition, share the ball. Defend, rebound, transition, share the ball. And that's what we want to do. You can't share the ball until you transition. You can't transition until you rebound. You can't rebound until you defend. So mm-hmm. yeah. you got to start with the defense first. And so um, anyhow, yeah, even if we're not scoring that well that night, if we can create some opportunities out of our defense and give ourselves a chance. And then, you know, offensively, I want to keep the ball moving as much as possible. And I've coached different styles, too. I've coached very different styles. But sure, yeah. This is mostly a four-out dribble-drive motion where it's, I mean, I tell the guys, the ball's going to score. Yeah. You just keep it moving and you keep attacking when you have your opportunities, the ball's going to score. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get our opportunities for playing inside out. And, you know, we've we've got we got some talent. I mean, there's, there's, some, there's some decent players there, good athletes. It's just learning. It's all brand new. You sure, know? So, yeah. But anyhow, I I, uh, I I worked for, before the last four years, I worked for one of my college, one of my best friends from college I played with. He's been coaching. He's a phenomenal coach, by the way. He's at a D3 back in Pennsylvania now. And uh, I worked for him for four years. And so I really learned this style of offense a lot from him. And even, I would say, not entirely defense. We kind of had similar philosophies, but a good portion of how to teach it, I learned from him as well. Mm-hmm. For those who follow, you know, college basketball, and I tell people openly, okay, you we want to get an idea of what we want to look like defensively. If you remember back in, what was it, 2013, VCU, when Shaka Smart was the coach there, and mm-hmm. they had their havoc defense, and they just get after sure. it all mm-hmm. game long. And sure. they, they made it to the Final Four that year. Yeah, sure. He's actually at Marquette now. They're they're doing really well. I think they're oh, yeah. third in the country. I, yeah. love, I love the way 
he coaches. Um, and um, anyhow, so I mean, just that's what I would like it to look like defensively. And then offensively, really, I mean, you watch those Villanova teams that won two national championships, 2016 and 18, I think it was, mm-hmm. in that last five, six years there of Jay Wright's career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, two thirds of all the offensive drills I do, I got from him. I got yeah. from that, you know, that style of play. And so, and you look now. I mean, shoot, there's there's about seven or eight of those dudes in the NBA now. Yeah, Josh Hart, Dante Divincenzo. You know, I mean, Jalen Brunson. There's there's a lot of dudes in the NBA that played for him, and they weren't like your blue chip recruits either. They were no, just kids no, that were yeah. worked their tail off and fit how they wanted to play. So that's a big thing for me. It wasn't recruiting when I was a college coach, is finding kids that fit. Now it's, I got to develop them to fit, you know, which is why we work on footwork and, you know, terminology and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so hopefully, uh, you know, like tomorrow night, we'll see, uh, you know, if we can just put that on display a little bit better than we did last week and uh, we'll see what happens. Are your practices the same way? Do you keep that like a very intense minute by minute, moment by moment kind of procedure to prepare them for that process? I try to, yeah. yeah. And I, I let them know this up front. Again, I, I want my guys to know why we're doing what we're doing. So we, I, like, I don't show them the practice plan necessarily, but I explain everything. Hey, we're doing this and this is what we're trying to get out of it. We're working on this. This is why we're doing this drill. I want them to know because then yeah. they're, you know, okay, well, this is, what we're, this is where we're headed, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I try to have my practices as intense as possible and just constant. I always tell them like a sense of urgency. Everything we're doing is a sense of urgency. And even my coaches, like I told my coaches when I first, you know, we first started meeting, like I just want energy, like constant energy. Sure. You know, I tell my guys all the time as well, you know, you're either an energy giver or an energy taker. There's nothing in between. Mm. There is no in between. If you're standing there, you're taking energy. Mm. So you have to give to the group. There's five dudes on the court and there's what, 10, 12 of you on the bench, sure. whatever. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing to help us win? You have to use your voice. You have to bring energy all the time to keep that, you know, keep that up. You know, sure. And to give energy to those guys who are working and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yes, our practices, you know, I tell my guys, baseball doesn't have a clock. Football has a clock that sometimes runs and sometimes doesn't. Yeah. Soccer, you don't know when the clock's running that game or when yeah. it's over. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Basketball is different than any other sport. We, yeah. Tenths of seconds matter in yeah. basketball. Tenths yeah. of seconds. And so I'm always watching the clock as a as a coach. And everything we do is on a clock. Everything. Everything yeah. we do. Um, you know, our practices, we don't have water breaks in our practice. We don't stop. We're we're practicing. You get out of the drill, get water, get back in. Mm. Like we're Love going. That. Like we're not stopping. Let's go. You know, that's just how it is. I don't want to stop and stand around and talk for 20 minutes. I mean, I'll have to teach because I have to teach stuff and it takes time sometimes. Sure. But yeah. same thing, like every, our practice plans are down to the minute. Everything is down to the minute. The clock runs on every single thing we do. So they know like the clock is running. Yeah. And I tell them, when you're between those lines, you're sprinting. You can walk on the sideline. You can walk outside the gym. We're between the lines. There is nothing we do that you're not sprinting. Sure. Unless yeah. I have to tell you to stop and then we'll you know explain something. Otherwise... You know, so it's, again, it takes a lot of work, but it's fun. You know, it's fun to watch. Fun to watch. It's fun to yeah, watch. Fun to coach. If you're good at it, it's fun to watch. Sure. Absolutely. Fun to play. Fun to, fun to play. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun to coach. So, well, and you know, with 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids, mm-hmm. sometimes, and I think we see this as educators, that can be hard to really get them to understand what a sense of urgency is. Mm-hmm. You know, with them, sometimes like it's like everything is tomorrow. Everything is It'll be fine. You know, there's there's time to come down there. So has that been a challenge to oh, you yeah. that you've noticed is yeah. getting them to understand the sense of it's today. Yeah. It was yesterday. We're already out of time. We got to be there now. Yeah. And it, there's, there's, you know, I'm still working through what's the best way to do that because some kids are motivated by the desire to play at the next level. Sure. And so, okay, we're going to use that as much as we can. I can tell you what it's going to take because I've been there. <laughs> and then some kids, that's not as much of a motivation, at least, at least not immediately. And so some kids are motivated by competition. So, okay, all right, well, we're, everything's a competition in our practices. I mean, most everything has a score to it. And losers are going to run or do something, you know. And some kids are motivated by running, you know, having to do running or whatever. And some aren't, you know. So you have to find what works with different kids. And so... You know, I tell my kids in our program, running is not a punishment. We don't run for punishment in our program. We have other things to do for punishment. Mm-hmm. We run a lot, but I don't ever put a single sprint in our practice plans. Everything has a 
time on it and everything has a goal on it and you either hit it or you don't. And so I told him, you know, if you're playing for me, we're running. You're either running because we're beating a team by 20 and we're having fun and we're just getting out and running like crazy. Or mm-hmm. we're running because it's like it's a knockdown drag out. We're just trying to come out on top. Sure. Or we're running because we're getting the the brakes beat off us and we gotta we gotta catch up. Sure. It doesn't matter you're running one way or the other. That's, yeah. So it's not it's a it is a mindset shift. I tell them like you can't look at running as a negative. Yeah. Running is a positive. Yeah. The more you do of it, the better it will be as a team. And so um you know, that's part of the, the timing of things. You know, everything has a time, everything has a score, you know, because that's the nature of our sport. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's awesome. I got some rapid fire questions to throw at you. <laughs> Lighten the mood a little bit, you know? <laughs> okay. Was that, was that cool? I don't know if I yeah, answered that cool. last one the right kind of way, though. No, you did. You did. All right. I got, I got, I got a few, few questions just to get you know, you know, your basketball, like. You're not going to ask me NBA questions, are you? I might. I'm not going to have any answers. <laughs> no. All right. Well, I mean, I'll mind. have answers. Well, you just mind. may not like what I have to say. But, never mind. You know, never mind. Whatever. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, who's your, well, like, what was your favorite team growing up? You know? Uh, basketball? Yeah. Um, NBR college, you know? Yeah. Maybe well, I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so I'm, I'm a Steelers fan first. Sure. Like, it's football before everything, <laughs> like when I was younger. Yeah. But uh, basketball, it's interesting because um, Pittsburgh never had an NBA team. No. Yeah. They had like minor league teams and stuff. My cousins lived in Detroit, my older okay. cousins who I looked up to. And mm-hmm. so they got me into the Pistons. All right. And this is the 80s bad boy. Were you a bad boy? You were a bad boys fan? Okay. And I was like, whoa, man, that's rough. And, and so I, <laughs> I love the Pistons, and I, I actually could not stand Michael Jordan initially because I was a Pistons fan. Sure. sure. That was us. Yeah. And when they finally, when he finally <laughs> beat them and that, like, kind of that changing the guard uh-huh. going into the 90s, that's when I became a Michael Jordan fan, but it okay. was Pistons early on. So for you know my original professional experience, it was the Pistons. That oh was yeah, it. you know Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars and mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman and all that whole crew. Like whew, Chuck Daly, Chuck Daly was an amazing coach. He's from Pennsylvania, by the way. He's oh, is he really okay. a great Pennsylvania coach? That. Yeah. Sure. Um, but then when I was in college. I was at the University of Maryland originally before I transferred out, and I am the same age as Tim Duncan. Okay. okay. <laughs> and so he was at Wake Forest when I was yeah, at Maryland. Yeah, he was at Wake, yeah. 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 We were roughly the same kind of athlete. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he was amazing. So I remember watching him as a fan, as a student, because we get student tickets for free. Sure. Mm-hmm. We'd go to the games. Man, this was in Maryland was good. They had Joe Smith. Uh-huh. You know, X3 Hip, Johnny Rhodes, Keith Booth, Dwayne Simkin. Like, that was a great squad they had for a couple of years there. And I got to see some amazing ACC basketball. We're talking, you know, Duke, North Carolina, Wake Forest. Sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Really Especially at that team. time. Yeah, yeah. That time but was... I remember, I'll never forget, it was one of the first times, no, I think it was his sophomore year, that um, it was a game. I was at the game. I went home that night, and I think I was at my buddy's house when I was watching on Sports Center or something. And... Uh, Dick Vitale said he's something like mark my words that kid is going to make it in the NBA he's going to quietly average 20 and 10 and have a long career he's gonna, and sure enough Tim Duncan you know mm-hmm. so I, I decided whoever drafted Tim Duncan would give him my new favorite team mm-hmm. so I became a Spurs fan in 98 oh, or whenever he was drafted break my heart man yeah so I loved the Spurs for a long time and then when he retired mm-hmm. I wanted to stay a Spurs fan because I really like Kawhi Leonard yeah but that's really the last time I, I, 2014 is probably the last time I really watched the NBA. I just yeah. don't, don't watch it that much anymore. Okay. So, it's yeah. a different kind of game now. It is. You talk college, I don't, I don't have a favorite team. I mean, I'm still kind of Maryland at heart because I went uh-huh. to school there for a while. My brother graduated, all my buddies from high school all graduated mm-hmm. from Maryland. But um, I follow coaches more. And so, you know, the older I've gotten, the more longer I've coached, I, I like certain coaches. You know, like I mentioned, you know, just coaches that, coach a style that I like or the way that you know the way that they do yeah. things so so I think you already answered my next question but <laughs> Jordan or LeBron oh that's a no brainer <laughs> I know <laughs> I don't that's a no brainer guys our age it's a no brainer I've got a, I've right. gotten in so many discussions with kids but I just mm. you just yeah you had I, I guess you kind of had to see it but you know <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it's it's not. I just sure. think it's so it's so easy to score nowadays. Numbers don't impress me in the last no. I don't know, eight to ten years of the NBA anyway. It's just so easy. It's yeah. it's it's easy. And like it's not hard to make a shot. 
It used to be hard. It used, used to, to be, be very really, hard. really hard yeah, yeah. to get anywhere near the rim. You had amazing big men from, you know, late 80s to the end of Jordan's career, some of the best Hall of Fame bigs ever. I mean, Hakeem Olajuwon would absolutely dump truck any dude in the NBA right now. Like, he was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> like, Patrick Ewing was like the seventh best big in the NBA, and he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like, sure. David mm-hmm. Robinson. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, the well, there was he a faced physical. all the time. Shaq was in the NBA in 92. I mean, yeah. He was a force of nature. Mm-hmm. And I mean, all these, like, yeah. So it was just a different. There was a physicality in the game. Oh, that yeah. You just, oh, yeah. they don't play with any longer, mm-hmm. you know, and it, okay. And it's a billion dollar industry. They're going to try to hold on and keep their oh, yeah. investments mm-hmm. the best that they possibly can healthy. Well, that's, that's exactly what I would tell my players the last couple of years. I'm like, look, I get it. It's a business decision. Sure. Yeah. I'm getting paid $40 million a year. I ain't taking a charge. You crazy? Like, no. <laughs> I'm, not diving, I'm not diving into the stands. No way. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stay as pristine as I possibly can. Sure. Like, it's, yeah. It's a no-brainer. I mean, that's, that's what's special about the tournament-style championship. Whether you're talking the NCAA or even just something as simple as the UIL high school. Oh, yeah. You know, there's multiple teams out there, and everyone's knocking somebody off every week, and you're all trying to be the top dog. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot. That, there's a lot about that that's that's it's fun because it's like that's it. This is it. This is the end of our season. If we lose this one game, not a series, like that's it. You yeah, know? yeah. So yes, it does heighten the sense of urgency. And you know, I've I've been to three different national tournaments as a coach, three different levels of basketball, and it's such a fun. It's such a special feeling, and it's hard because. I wouldn't say I really got to enjoy it as much as I wanted to because I'm in the preparation mode. It's like, oh, this sure. is, we got to find a way to win this game. And yeah. So it's like, you know, you're putting in whatever time it takes. And, then, you know, God willing, I'd love to be able to, you know, maybe be there someday soon here where we're getting ready for a playoff game or something like that. But, I mean, that's a fun, fun way to – fun. it's a fun thing to be a part of. Yeah. You know, so. Absolutely. All right, my last question. Okay. All right, Mark Laird, in your heyday, what'd your game look like? Oh man, it's kind of different. Um, when I was in college, I, I played the four actually. Okay. I was kind of an undersized four man. I'm only like six three, but I was I was I was a pretty good athlete for for mm-hmm. my age and my size and whatnot. You know, I was a pretty fit and strong and bouncy for a white kid. And um, but no, I love to pass. Honestly, my senior year of college, I averaged almost five assists a game. Okay, oh, wow. I love to pass because I, I lo- you know, I loved watching Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, and, you know, these type of players. Sure. I loved passing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And um, so I, I consider myself a pretty good passer. I was, uh, I could shoot the three a little bit, uh, but I just, I just played hard. Like, I was never a great player. I wasn't highly recruited or anything. I tell my players, like, I don't talk a lot about when I played because I wasn't a great player, but I was a team captain my junior and senior year. And mm-hmm. I, you know. I worked hard and I tried to do my best and tried to hold, you know, my teammates to a standard. And I never got to experience, you know, a lot of championship count, you know, experience as a player. But, um, yeah, I was, I was, I would say I was probably blue collar, man, taking charges, yeah. diving on the floor, flying in the stands. And, that's, you know, that's I was the kind of player we like. Yeah. <laughs> I love that kind of player. Oh, yeah. I love that kind yeah. of player. Yeah. The guy sure. who's not selfish, the guy who's willing to mm-hmm. take one for the team, the guy who's going to go. That for the ball. The extra I also mile. played with an amazing player. My buddy that I coached with too. He was he was really good. He was really good. So he he you know had a high level of his work ethic was up there too. So we were constantly. He got on to me a lot about like you know sometimes he used unfriendly language to make his point. But you know, okay, yeah. you know if you're, <laughs> I'm going to throw you the ball. You better do something good with it. Type thing. Like okay, all right, you know. So it was good. It was, uh, he's one of my closest friends in the world. I've known him for, geez, 27, 28 years now. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, that, that was kind of my, my game. I loved to share the ball and, you know, shoot when I was open and attack the rim if I could. But I wasn't, I wasn't like a primary ball handler or anything like that. But Right on. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Awesome. <laughs> well, one more question. Coach, what do, you, what do you love the most about your job, coaching young men and doing this? Oh, doing this well, game. What do you love the most about it? I, you know, I've tried to share with them. I remember when I was a young man and not knowing that I was looking up to, you know, men in my life. 
I mean, I, I knew what that concept was, but I wouldn't ever say it. And then, you know, my dad passed away when I was 20. And I knew that was a really pivotal moment in life. And I knew that like there were certain men that I gravitated towards like, man, I want to be like that guy. You know, like I want to be more like that guy. And there's, there's a level of character and all that kind of stuff that I just, man, I really respected. And I remember saying to myself, I don't really know if I said that to anybody, but I want to be like, I want to be a guy like that when I'm in my 40s you know, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. 20 something years from now, I want to be one of those dudes so that somebody who's young and needs someone to look up to has somebody and then can try to chase after that, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I even I told my players last week, like, I know some of you haven't had a consistent, you know, example of certain things in your life. And I, I understand that, but you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to do my best to own up to them, you know. Uh, but, like, if you have nobody else, just follow me, man. Like, I'll, you know, I'll at least show you how to work hard and try to just learn from your mistakes and be the right kind of man if you, you know, is to the best of your ability. So that's kind of my why, if that, you know, yeah. answers your question. Well, it absolutely mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Coach Mark Laird, Border Sports Podcast Coach. Thanks for coming yeah, out. Thank you. We're thank excited you to watch much. the team this year. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Borger Sports Podcast. Thanks again to our official sponsor, Plumley Real Estate Group. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram to join the conversation. And feel free to contact us with any comments, questions, or advertising inquiries at borgersportspod at gmail.com. It would also be a huge help if you would subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. And make sure you give us a five-star rating as well. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.